All right, I'm here with Amanda today. Amanda, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Amanda Buzzle and I live in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur, a wife, a mother of two kiddos. Uh, my son is nine and my daughter is six. Uh, we have an extremely active, busy household. Uh, both my kids play hockey and we do quite a bit of traveling with that. I travel a lot with uh, my business because I have clients in the US and Canada. And um, I also, I own two businesses. So uh, we keep pretty busy here. <laughs> Sounds like, and what do you do? What do you do for your business? Um, well, I have a marketing consulting business. Um, I work with small business owners um, to step up their marketing. Uh, a lot of the clients that I work with, they um, are the actual small business owners and they don't have a marketing person on, on staff. They've been doing marketing on their own. So I work with them to develop uh, plans to step up their marketing and uh, to grow their business um, and then connect them with resources, the right resources to execute those uh, marketing plans. And then I have a second business. It's kind of my passion project. It's called Neat Dough. And I make homemade Play-Doh kits for kids. Um, kids can use the contents of the kits to for imaginative play, uh, learning. You can use, use them as a learning tool and um, for kids to help develop their fine motor skills. Very cool. And how did you get that started? Um, I a friend and I, I were talking one day, both of us have super creative kids that actually don't like a lot of screen time. Um, and so we were just looking for and brainstorming ways uh, that we could, I guess, create activities for them um, that didn't involve screen time and that really helped use their creativity and their imaginations. And, and Play-Doh was one of the things that we kept talking about. And then um, it just kind of took off from there. I sat down and started just kind of brainstorming like all the different um, embellishments and tools and, and things I could add to Play-Doh to make it more fun for the kids. And, um, and then decided to, to start selling it, started selling it at, at local craft fairs and um, people really loved them. And we had lots of people come back and, and want to order more. And so it kind of developed, evolved into, into a business and into the business that it is today. That's so awesome. Yeah, I, I love ideas that don't involve so much screen time. So yes. as a clearly very busy mom running two businesses and also probably running a husband and uh, children, yeah. uh, talk <laughs> a little bit about what your day-to-day -day is and how you navigate stress and family life along with work and your health and wellness? Well, I always say like I'm, I'm always a work in progress. I'm always looking for ways to make the daily life of motherhood and being a wife and being a business owner and a friend and a daughter and all of those roles that um, we play as, as women. Um, I'm always looking for ways to kind of 
make the day-to-day -day life easier and um, to add clarity to, to the day and, and to life. Um, that's something, you know, now that my kids are a little bit older, um, being six and nine, I, my husband and I always talk about how we're out of the dark years. <laughs> you know, when you have small kiddos, um, it's, it's really hard sometimes just to, to get through the day because you are so focused on them. And there was a time probably about five years ago when I actually started my, my business where I was in a really dark place. And um, we had just made a, a major life change. Um, we had moved from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, back home to Nebraska to be close to family. Um, it was right after my, my daughter, my second child was born. And, um, you know, being away from family and kind of like on our own, we had lots of friends that we had made in the six years we had lived in, in Canada, but um, we, we were just needing help. <laughs> and so we had an opportunity to move back and um, went from kind of a great, like I had established a great career. I was director of marketing at a, a large nonprofit in Edmonton. My career was really, um, was really accelerating at that point. Um, I got pregnant with my daughter and, um, in Canada, you get a year's maternity leave. And so it was actually while I was on maternity leave that we had the opportunity to move back to Nebraska. And um, I, I think that that move really kind of um, started this downward spiral, spiral for me. You know, I was, I was a new, new, new mother. Um, I had a newborn second child. So I was like just learning how to navigate that, you know, being a, a mother to two children, um, trying to kind of find my identity outside of work because I was on maternity leave and my identity had been so ingrained in what I did um, at my job that I was struggling a little bit with that. And then just the stress of the move and um, working through through the logistics of an international move and then kind of reintroducing myself to friends and family that I had been so far away from, I was just really lost. Um, and when I look back at that time in my life and I look to where I'm at now, um, it's been quite, quite a journey that, um, was hard, was hard work. And um, what I've done is established some tools and, and relied on some resources to really help me through those, those five years to get to where I'm at now, where I can um, manage a busy household and two businesses, essentially. So share with us some of those tools for the moms that are out there, whether they own their own business or are working for someone else, but they're, they're in that dark place. They're trying to navigate home, family life, and career, and literally just trying to hold their head above ground. What are your strategies and tools and tips for them? Sure. I think um, one of the biggest things for me um, 
when when we moved back, I worked for a similar organization here and and I just it wasn't the same as my job up in in Edmonton. And I was really struggling with that. And I got to the point where I mean, I was seeing a counselor, which was awesome, something I had never done before because I was I was raised in a family that kind of pushed things under under the rug and and that was kind of seen as a, a sign of weakness to see a counselor. I started seeing a counselor, um, still see a counselor to this day um, because I think it just really helps um, helps clear my mind and and again like the, my counselor is able to give me tools um, to to work through some of the things that I'm going through. Um, also at that time, you know, five years ago when I was kind of in my darkest days, um, I went to my doctor, I, I was on um, a prescription for an antidepressant because, you know, the counseling just kind of wasn't quite enough. Um, and that was a big step for me because as someone, again, who was like, I can do it all, um, I really struggled with kind of like giving into that and being at peace with, with taking, um, taking medicine for that. Uh, but I think one of the, the biggest things that helped me was I started seeing um, an energy healer. And that's where my like real personal development journey kind of started. And I, I almost even hesitate like calling it a personal development or spiritual journey, especially at that time, because I was so, um, such an analytical mind and I was, you know, just the way that I was raised, you know, just going kind of this frou-frou spiritual stuff. I was like, okay, that's just not me. Um, but I realized it is me and it does, it does help. Um, so I started going to an energy healer reluctantly. My friend, you know, I had been talking to her about how I was struggling and she's like, why don't you just, you know, go to this, this energy healer, just try it. And I was to the point where I was like, okay, like, what do I have to lose? I went in totally skeptical. Um, but that really was a turning point for me in, in my journey. Um, and one of the things that she helped me with and my counselor helped me with was um, developing a life will and really setting down and setting intentions and goals for my life that I hadn't done really since I became a mother. Um, because it was like my life had shifted from myself and my career and my marriage to total focus on my kids. And I ha that happens a lot when you become a mother. Um, and so I started um, using this tool that I call the life wheel. Some people call it the wellness wheel um, or um, it has many different names, but it really helped me kind of take a big picture view of my life and where I was at and kind of gauge really where I was at. Because for me, I was, I've always been really career focused. So um, I tend to put a lot of energy into my career because that's something that I'm comfortable with. That's something that is familiar to me, something that I'm really good at. 
Um, but when I sat down and really evaluated my whole life using the life wheel, I realized like I'm super satisfied and happy with my career life. So why am I pouring so much energy and time into that part of my life when there's other parts that I'm not as satisfied and not as happy in? Um, and so this tool has really helped me to um, really sit down and look at my life and, and where it is that I need to focus. So explain to listeners what exactly a life wheel is. Sure. So um, if you just picture a circle and divide it into eight pieces of pie, essentially, um, and each piece of pie is an area of your life. And it can be, the great thing about this is it can be whatever fits your life. Like there's no right or wrong to what um, the life wheel is um, because it's your own. And so a lot of times um, people will divide into like health, career, finances, um, surroundings, relationships. Um, but the, what I really like to do is look at all of the different roles that I have to play in my life. Um, because as women and as mothers, a lot of times we don't realize what all is expected of us and all of the different roles that we play. So when I divide my life wheel into the eight categories, I look at eight roles that I play in my life. Um, so I'm, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a business owner. Um, I always include health in there. Um, one thing that I've been including a lot lately is self-image. Um, and then like my household is another um, area. So what you do is you divide that wheel into eight sections and then you rate your satisfaction in those areas from zero to 10. And I always like to, I have a template that I use that I print out the, the empty circle, I label the areas, and then I use a different color for each category. And I color in my satisfaction level for each of those categories. Um, because I'm a very visual person, it helps me to see it actually on paper and, and really colorful. Um, and when I first started doing this, I was actually kind of surprised at the result of this exercise. And that's when I had that kind of epiphany, like, okay, like I'm spending 80% of my time on my business and on my career, but I'm that my satisfaction, that's the highest satisfaction category in my life wheel. So why am I pouring everything into that when I can just maintain that? and really focus on some of the other areas. Um, so how did you start to make that, that shift, that switch? So um, what I do, and when I first started doing the life wheel, I, I took it out every single day. And I once I established the kind of my baseline of um, my satisfaction in each area, then I determined the one or two areas that I wanted to focus on because, and that was key for me because I have always been one of those people I'm like, I can do it all. I'm like, 
zero to 60. I'm, I have, I'm like super intense when I set my mind to something like I'm going to accomplish it. Um, so I'm either like going full speed ahead or I'm on the floor in the fetal position because I've come to a breaking point. And so this kind of helped me slow down. So um, you choose one or two areas. I couldn't choose just one just because that's my personality. So I chose two areas. Um, and then I set intentions for that area. And it's really important the, the process I always go through because let's say I wanna focus on health. Like my immediate go-to would be like, I'm gonna run a marathon. <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> that's not like that. I'm just setting myself up for failure there. So <laughs> what I always do is I pick the area. I figure out what in that area I want to focus on. So let's say it's, it's get fit and healthy. That's my, my goal. Then I break it down into smaller steps. Like what can I do in order to get to that goal? So maybe, you know, I exercise more. And then I break that down even more. Like, what can I do in order to make sure that I'm able to exercise more? Um, and then at the end, I have this list of small daily tasks or intentions that I can do um, to get me closer to that goal or to get, you know, that needle moving forward. Um, because I, you know, the cliche, Rome wasn't built in a day. You have to make small steps to, to get, um, to that big goal. So I would say, um, sorry, I'm gonna ask you this real quick. You use the word intention over task. And so I'm curious is, uh, is that have a different mindset shift versus, you know, task can kind of seem almost tedious versus intentions have a little bit more of an energetic vibe to it. Exactly, exactly. And I don't even like using goal because for me, like goal is so, high reaching that that just lends itself to overwhelm so like I still have goals like my overarching goal but my intentions are the daily things that I do that yeah like the, it doesn't sound as monotonous as a task or like homework right like a task does yeah so I like to to use um intention and also like part of this is when it's an intention, that's what you intend to do. When it's a task, it's something you have to do. Right. Yeah. And so um, one of the things like when I, when I go through and evaluate whether I have completed those intentions, if I haven't, I don't beat myself up about it. Yes. I either look for things that I did do in place of that, that got me close to my goal, or I almost like give myself forgiveness or grace um, for those things that I didn't do. Um, and that's what drives me for moving forward. Like what intention, why, why did, it's a great evaluation. Like why didn't I, why wasn't I able to complete that? Um, whereas like if it's a task, it's almost like, okay, you either do it or you don't. And then if I don't, then I'm like, oh, you know, that's again, if I don't do a bunch of tasks or get done what I need to get done, like that starts me in that downward spiral. Yeah. So, so when I started this, I, I, 
I did it daily. Like I sat down in the morning and I said, okay, this, this is my intention for the day and only one or two things for the day. Um, so or even like, two things. Pardon? Why only one or two things? I think this is important for listeners. Because I mean, you have to kind of gauge what you're capable of. Like there were some times in the beginning when I was just starting this out where there was just one or two things for the whole week that I had set to do. Because there were some days I literally could not get out of bed or I could not stop crying. And so I had to make sure that they were achievable because otherwise I was just setting myself up for failure and starting that process, that downward spiral. So, you know, I, I love to-do lists and I, I love like brain dumping and getting that to-do list out, but that can be super overwhelming for me. And so if I can focus on just a couple of things that I know I will have success at, that will start the momentum for building up to bigger and greater things. Exactly. Um, so like for me at the beginning, it was really important to do this practice daily in the morning. I would set the intention. And then at night I would reflect on the day and find out like, what was it that got in my way of accomplishing that? And I think that that's important when you start out with setting your intentions, like asking yourself, what else do I need in order to accomplish this intention or this action step? And then also asking yourself like, when and where will I do this step? So like if my, if my intention is to go for a 30 minute walk three times this week, then what do I need in order to accomplish that action step? Well, I probably need to let my husband know that this is a goal of mine. I probably need to um, block out some time in my schedule and actually put it in my calendar because if it's not in my calendar, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, and that way other people who have my calendar, they know like, okay, she's busy during that time. Um, and then set up, you know, childcare, figure out how it is that I'm going to go for this 30 minutes and have this 30 minutes three times for myself. So like looking at all of that and asking those questions ahead of time will help you plan better. And for me, like if I've planned, if I've gone to all of that energy and thought to plan that, then I'm going to carry it out um, versus just, you know, going willy nilly. Well, I'll find, you know, three 30 minute time slots to do this. There's, um, there's something that I like to tell people is that time's not lost. You can't go chase it and find it. Time's right there. It's just whether or not you're going to prioritize it and make it available to you. Um, there's a couple of things that I want to reiterate that you just said and, and unpack for listeners. Um, a couple of things. And so the first one was, again, the fact that you chose just a couple of things to start, especially as entrepreneurs and high achieving women, we're all, you know, um, I've said this a lot that we go zero, we want to be zero to hero, right? And we feel like that we always need to shine. And the fact that you said that you had an area that you shined in. And so it was really easy to pour your energy and everything into that one piece of your pie without even recognizing how many other pieces 
actually needed attention. And so just to reiterate for listeners that that change of any sort isn't comfortable. It's super easy. Even um, there's a there's a concept, it's called um, uh, easy hard and hard easy. And so looking for the things that you can change may take a little effort at first, but in the long run, it's going to make your overall life essentially, you know, more balanced as a pie. And then lastly, the fact that you mentioned that part of making your your intentions or your goals super bite-sized and achievable was so that you didn't wind up back into that downward spiral and could continue to move forward. So many women, um, so many moms feel like that if they're not doing these big grand actions every single day, that they're not actually working towards their goal, they're not actually achieving their goal without recognizing the, the detrimental effects of ta- biting off more than you can chew, essentially, and winding up stepping back even further than you were before. I think that's a mm-hmm. big one. And so for the, the moms and the listeners that are listening today and um, are having some aha moment, moments, maybe about where they are pouring uh, energy into their life wheel in areas that they're already you know, excelling and comfortable, what is your first actionable step? I like to give actionable steps for listeners to leave the podcast with, which is your first actionable step for starting to make that shift into putting energy into some other areas of the pie? I think like from my experience, allowing yourself to just focus on one area and give yourself grace in other areas because like you just described me and my personality to a T. Like I, I always felt like if I wasn't striving for something or hustling, like I, I don't like that word. A lot of times we use that as entrepreneurs, like that hustle and that it kind of just makes me like retreat a little (laughs) because I'm like, I I feel like I hustle, but yeah. Like I always, I never feel like I'm hustling enough. And so I think allowing yourself to just focus on the area and giving your yourself permission to focus on that one area and kind of just maintain those other areas so that you can focus on this particular area. Um, that I think is really important because this idea of balance, um, I really struggle with too. And I I never want to say like, I'm like, my life is balanced. And that's one thing like traditionally when you, when you look up the life wheel, sometimes they call it the life balance wheel. And the goal is to get everything in balance so that your wheel is like perfectly circular. To me, that's not, that doesn't work for me Um, because I, I truly believe you have to play to the season in life that you're in. And for me, like when my kids were younger, um, I had just started my business. My daughter was an infant. My son was three and a half. And I had these kind of grandiose ideas of what I wanted my business to be. And I saw other women just hustling um, to get their business there. And I, I think when I finally came to the realization that okay, like my business is successful for where I'm at right now in my life because I want to be there for my kids and I need to give my, my kids the attention and time 
that they need. So um, kind of allowing myself and giving myself permission to be at peace with life. Like I, I always use instead of balance, I say, okay, I'm at peace with my life. I'm not balanced. I'm at peace with where I'm at right now. Um, because, you know, five years ago when my kids were young, it, that, that grandiose plan for my business was not, would not have worked well for my family, um, and my family, but now. So, yeah. So just to, just to pause you there, um, because there's so many women, especially, um, when you're talking about seeing other people succeed and hustle, you know, going back to that highlight reel on Instagram, Facebook, or even yeah. in, uh, it happens a lot in mom groups now, you know, everybody's got to try to one up someone, but meeting yourself in this season of life that you were in. And this is so important, especially when you talk about balance, right? Um, so there's a concept that I like to, to work with, with my clients and, and more looking towards like engagement and flow. How are we staying engaged? And how are we staying uh, flowing through and navigating the different seasons of life, which means that you're not neglecting whether you're, you know, one of your goals is fat loss, weight, uh, exercising more, running a successful business. You're not neglecting it if you just, you know, recognize that you can be at peace. That's the word you use, peace. And mm-hmm. you, know, you can still be engaged because you're at peace. Being yep. at peace and not hustling towards it does not mean that you're not engaged with where you're trying to go. It just means that you're in a different season and uh, having that engagement, having that flow is what's going to get you there quicker actually than beating yourself up over where you are today. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, when, whenever I start to kind of lose sight and lose sight of that that piece or that balance or whatever you want to call it, that's when I pull out the life wheel now. Like I don't use it daily now. You know, I don't have to sit down with my intentions every single day and use it like I did early on. But whenever I'm starting to feel like I'm losing, when I'm starting down that downward spiral, when I'm overwhelmed with everything, that's when I pull out the life wheel and I do it again to see where I'm at. And it's a great tool for providing clarity of what really is important to me at this moment in time because like now I tend and it's interesting to look back at some of the I keep all of my life wheels whenever I do them because it's so interesting to see that kind of the progression and kind of the ebbs and flows so like now my, I just, I just did this the other day. Um, my satisfaction in my business is a little bit lower, but I, what I think the reason for that is, is that my kids are both in school now. And so I'm feeling like this itch to grow my business and, and to put a little bit more focus in, in that, because I have the time, I have the capacity to do that now. Um, and so, so I'll be setting some some intentions around around that and around growth in my business. But that even a year ago, when my daughter wasn't in school full time, um, that's not where I was. So that's why I I, I just love pulling this out because it provides so much clarity for me, um, especially when I kind of get into that like, okay, what what am I supposed to be doing? I have to do everything. Um, kind of mode that I think a lot of times 
as mothers, we feel like we can be super women, we can do it all. Um, but this life wheel has really helped kind of create that peace and, and permission to focus on certain areas and maintain. Yeah. Others. Yeah. I think that right there was our, um, truth bomb that moms <laughs> and women need to give themselves permission more often. They're too often looking to find permission from others or other areas. Mm-hmm. Well, Amanda, this has been uh, so fantastic, so much information here. If uh, you would tell listeners where they can find out more about you, where they can get neat dough. I know this is um, <laughs> a lot of moms with young kids are definitely looking for ways to avoid the, avoid the screens. And so, yeah, where can they find out a little bit more about this good stuff? Sure. So um, on Instagram, I'm just Amanda Buzzle. Um, my... my Last name is B-U-Z-Z-E-L-L. And um, I, I post a lot of like tips and kind of like life hacks. Um, I'm not an influencer by any means, but I just like to share what works for me. Um, and then my business uh, website is abmarketingstudio.com. Um, and I, I'll go ahead and I'll post the life wheel. I have a life wheel template. I can post that up there. Um, so people can have a a quick place to go and and print that off. Um, and then for neat dough, it's just neat hyphen dough, D O U G H.com. And we have a blog. Um, we have Facebook and, and Instagram and share lots of um, new products. We're always coming out with new products. We post those on our social media and website and then have a blog over on the website um, where we post ideas. Um, I did like a fall scavenger hunt, um, a 12 crafts of Christmas. I'm just always looking for activities to do with my kids. And then I just share those um, activities and and templates and tools and lists and all kinds of fun stuff. So awesome. Well, we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. And I'm sure plenty of listeners are going to be interested in snagging some of that for their little ones. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for uh, being vulnerable with us and sharing your journey and uh, giving us some actionable tips that we can start taking today in order to uh, maybe not find that balance, but find a little (laughs) bit more flow and engagement and intention in our day-to-day life. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you enjoy listening to Allison as much as I enjoyed the conversation. I hope that you took a little bit away from this episode, especially a little bit about giving yourself permission and maybe slowing down, slowing down, being a little bit more present and taking care of yourself. I would always, always, always love to hear what your favorite parts of this episode, what your takeaways were and what you're going to implement into your own life. So make sure you join us over in the Strong Mamas and Macros Facebook community. I would love to see you there. All right. Have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you again soon.